Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The conventional wisdom on what it's going to take to get crime under control in Minneapolis and St. Paul and all around the country is wrong. I've been wrong. At least according to the data. I want to know what you think about it. It's Jason. Welcome to Drive Time with DeRussia. It is Wednesday, January 17th. And when we talk about crime, when we talk about feeling safer in our community, it's hard not to notice the fact that we are way down in the number of police officers in the city of Minneapolis. In 2019, before the pandemic, we had nearly 900 active officers on duty. Today, we have 565. 565. Sounds awful. I had been convinced that we got to get that number back up to 750 or 800 to really make a difference in crime. And then we see the evidence that we really have no clue what exactly causes an increase or a decrease in crime. I'll explain more in a minute, but my thesis is this. I don't know that we need any more officers than we have today. Maybe we need 45 more to try to make the lives of these officers less miserable, right? They're burning the candle at both ends. But when it comes to safety... Maybe we don't need 700, 800, 900 officers. 651-461-9226. Welcome your calls, your texts. Maybe you disagree with me that we do need more officers, but here's why I make this case. And don't get me wrong, violent crime in our community is above what it was in 2018, 2019. So crime is not low. And crime is way lower than what it was in 2022 and in 2021. And and the latest research on this indicates that the number of police officers, the number of police officers uh, doesn't really make a direct line with safety. Now, I would speculate, and we don't know and we don't want to know, right? I would speculate that there is a a bottom level where you have not enough officers and it sort of sends the message that anybody can get away with anything because there's they're not going to get caught. 
But I think we talk about crime in the wrong way. We talk about crime and we talk about the solution to crime as being police officers. But in a way, that's like saying the solution to heart attacks or diabetes is ambulances. It doesn't check out. It doesn't check out. And until we accept that, we're never going to get anywhere in the debate on safety and crime in our community. 651-461-9226. Star Tribune reporting on some of this new research. And the research indicates that there's a very weak correlation between homicides, between number of police, between adding more officers and having more safety. The undeniable truth is that we have way fewer officers than we had. Well, we have fewer officers than we had last year, fewer officers than we had in 2021, and yet the crime rate has gone down. Let's talk to Neil in St. Paul, 651-461-9226. Neil, thanks for calling. What do you, what, you know, I find this... Uh, sort of difficult to digest because it always feels like, well, you know, you need more officers. It, not only do they respond to crime, but uh, that response provides a deterrent for others. But it doesn't seem, at least in violent crime, that that's necessarily true. Well, I think the, the major, the big crimes, the violence, the felonies, the, the murders, the uh, those, I think, are, those are going to happen. But without... You know, if you have a police presence around the streets, what I see now, there's far, far, far fewer cops. You'd ever see people pulled over for speeding. Mm. I mean, in St. Paul, it's Wiper Avenue. It's like Raceway. I mean, nobody nobody abides by that. And I think it's the smaller crimes they get away with, like the shoplifting. You know, you can't call a cop on that. They're not prosecuting these misdemeanors. It's such a good point. You're 100% right, Neil. I totally agree with you. Well, and it's like these burglaries, they don't have time to get there because the yeah. cops, they, get, they take the numbers in priority. And and I think to say that the crime rate's down and we don't need police officers, I think that's way, way, way out of line. We need we need as many cops as we can get because if you're a criminal, you don't want the cops anyways. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a good citizen, you yeah. want cops, you know. And let's be honest, they're not, they're not prosecuting, they're not coming into the misdemeanors. These people are just going to continue. The bad apples are going yeah. to continue to be, be worse, get worse. Neil, do you think, like, you're, the, the way you communicated this, man, wouldn't it be nice if we heard political leaders talking about it this way? Because I think we see police taking credit when the homicide rate goes down. We see politicians blaming other politicians when, like, the homicide rate or the assault rate, you know, the violent crime rate goes up. But what you're talking about is really the stuff that makes a community livable or not. It's it's the type of crime that doesn't get in the paper every day or doesn't make the local news because it would be absurd, right? You're not going to do a story on every robbery or every... Even car theft. I mean, car theft has become an issue because there's been uh, such violence attached to it. But uh, I think your point is exactly right. But you're talking about this in such a different way from how politicians or anybody else usually talks about it. Well, the Minneapolis City Council can't even make up their mind that they need more police. But then they'll say it's crime rates. We want to work on crime, but we don't want to hire police. 
you know, well, which is it? You know, just because their life ain't, their door ain't getting kicked in or their, their mother ain't getting carjacked, it's the, the crimes that are not getting reported. Yeah. You need more police. The, 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 even like you said, the smaller crimes lead to bigger crimes, and, and they're just not pulling people over for the stuff they used to, and now people know they can get away with it. Really good call. Yeah. Appreciate it, Neil. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All Thanks right, for calling it. Call anytime. There goes Neil at 651-461-9226. Police staffing and violent crime, the research doesn't really show much of a correlation. Minneapolis police has among the lowest ratio of officers to residents in the nation. Now, there are problems with this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, we don't need any more police officers. I think... The issue for sure for officers is all this overtime, all this extra time they're working. Basically, officers are going from 911 call to 911 call. So there's no like community building, neighborhood work, all of that. Like for sure, that is part of it. But generally speaking, when we talk about crime, we're talking about violent crime. And I maintain that that violent crime is impacted by so many things that the number of police officers on the list is pretty dang low. I really believe that. 651-461-9226. James in Roseville, you're on the talking text line. Thanks for calling in, James. What do you have to say? Jason, thanks so much for taking my call. I'm really glad you brought up just the point about political leadership. And uh, with that, I'll say that that's really tragically not in place. And here's why. Uh, Look, look at the example of the city of Minneapolis administrative office and the mayor's office three years ago, making a public statement saying, oh, hey, by the way, great news. Those of you who commit small, minor, like moving violation, you know, we're not even going to like stop you or pull you over. And that was if they were like really serious that that was not a problem, why would they ever publicly make that statement and grant the green light yeah. to people to make those small moving violations? That was nothing but a like a effort to like gain political favor from the people after George Floyd. There, there is this odd idea that like being pro police uh, is somehow like now. Uh, honestly, I, I think the politicians feel like if you come out in favor of strong policing, of going after lawbreakers, that you're perceived as a racist or uh, uh, you know. I, I think that is. Post George Floyd, that's that's been a lot of the issue in this community, and I understand the so trauma, the trauma, right? But would, like that, go ahead. Yep. What I'll challenge any politician who would have that disposition would be that that's polite racism, because what you're saying then is that you are presuming that minorities or people mm-hmm. of color are those who are committing those moving violations. Do you do you think there's more openness today, James, to this idea that just Having more police, having strong enforcement and strong prosecution is not enough that we need to figure out, you know, some of these more root causes. How do we deal with the especially juvenile crime, I think, is a real concern for me that I don't know how much progress we're really making. And I don't want to lose these 15 year olds for the rest of their life who are, you know, stealing cars and getting involved in gangs right now. Right, right. So it doesn't mean, you know, by especially with juveniles, you do not need to ruin someone's life over an offense. 
but you need them to understand that they will be stopped, apprehended, arrested, and prosecuted. Yeah, really good. James, thank you. Appreciate it. 651-461-9226. The headline, the number of police in Minneapolis dropped significantly, and crime is down, too. What do you make of that? 651-461-9226. Drive Time with DeRussia continues in just a minute. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Fewer officers in Minneapolis in 2023. And crime is down as well. There's a researcher at the University of Pennsylvania who's been studying what role does police staffing play when it comes to crime. And he looked at all of this data. This is Aaron Chalfin from the University of Pennsylvania. And his quote in the Star Tribune is violent crimes rise and fall for many, many reasons. Some of those reasons are well understood. Some are not. My point in raising this is that many of our listeners, many of our politicians speak with 100 percent certitude that they know what the what the answer is to crime. And for many people, the answer is more police slash tougher prosecution. I believe that's part of the solution, part of the solution. But I think the more you see these sorts of trends, the more it should make you open to the fact that we need solutions on many, many fronts. I'm not arguing that we don't need more police, but I am arguing that the urgency to get to 900 from 560 is maybe not as urgent as I would have thought. 651-461-9226. One texter saying juvenile crime up because of kids being out of school during COVID. The reality is a lot of kids had more caring adult interaction at school than they had at home. Gangs stepped in to fill the gap. I blame the thoughtless lockdowns with no thought for support needed for vulnerable group like kids. I think that... Uh, you know, you can argue about the lockdowns, whether you think they were thoughtless or not. But I do think, and especially as you hear public health officials say that when they were urging lockdowns or uh, making their recommendations at the beginning, they were 100 percent thinking about mitigating the spread of COVID. They were 
0% taking in those sorts of other considerations. I think we've seen what happens when it plays out. I do think COVID as a cause for a hike in crime, to me, I think the lockdowns and the fact that people were uh, maybe not going to work and kids were not going to school and the unrest and the fear over losing your job or your employment. Uh, I think that's the single biggest factor in the rise of crime. I really do. Now, I'm not a criminologist, That's, but that is my gut on what the main issue is. I do think that having police, you know, your 565 officers only responding to 911 call, emergency after emergency, is not good for their mental health. It's not going to be good for results. You know, you you need some of the community building. You need the cat in the tree call to sort of pace out your existence. So you're not just seeing the worst of the worst over and over. Let's talk to Barbara in Minneapolis. The headline, it'll be in the Star Tribune tomorrow, looking at police staffing levels that continue to drop and crime dropped as well. Barbara, thanks for calling. CCO 651-461-9226. What do you have to say? Well, you know, I have to say, I I think it is disturbing that, uh, you know, the police are looked at just like this stopgap. Now, having said that, you had a year where you had uh, uh, homicides that hadn't been, you know, a number of homicides that hadn't been felt since like the 1990s. And all of those homicides have to be investigated. And you now, I'm told, have six officers investigating homicides and there were 70 something of them last year so you know plus probably a backlog from the year before now the victims of those homicides and those families are left without help and so i don't ever want to hear again about how minneapolis has a bad homicide clearance rate because if you only have six yeah. officers <laughs> right. you know, working right. on 76 homicides yeah. from this year alone, uh, forget it. The other thing I have to say, and it's a it great point what you were talking about. Just if I could just stop you, if I could stop you right there, Barbara, because your point is really important when we're talking. And this is part of why I raise this is this fixation on numbers. Right. We're fixated on what the crime rate is. Uh, There's also a section of the community that is fixated on the number of active officers. The reality is, as you raise you, you only whether you have 565 or 600, if you still only have six people investigating homicides, you're not going to clear a lot of them. I mean, that that is just exactly. reality. So I appreciate you raising that. Yeah. Yes. All right. Go ahead. The other thing I want to say, the other thing I want to say is something about what you just said, too, about what are the reasons COVID was absolutely explanation. But for the increase in crime. But having said that, you leave out the fact that they emptied out the jails and the prisons mm. of yeah. anyone yeah. who could who could get out safely, you know, get away from COVID. I understand it, but that puts a whole bunch of people on the street that are problematic. Yeah, that's a good point. Barbara, thank you. That is true. That some of that uh, some of that is is reality. I think if you when you talk to police and even Chief O'Hara would say uh, and I've asked Jacob Fry about this on this show before, like no one really knows what causes crime to go up. And those same external mysterious forces, usually it's just this it's a bunch of things coming together. The same is true when it goes down. 
Now, when crime goes up, everybody wants to say, well, it's these other factors. And when crime goes down, they have a news conference and say, what, uh, they're doing a hell of a job. I bring it up because as crime has gone down, I'm not ready to say, well, good job. You deserve the credit. It's a complicated scenario. And it deserves a discussion, honestly, at the level that our callers had today. So I appreciate you guys for bringing the great feedback and good analysis. Good job. You guys get, I'll have a news conference to tell you, good job. 331, we're going to take a break and talk about the housing challenge in this country. We have so many people who are empty nesters who are living in 3,000, 4,000 square foot homes. The reason that boomers aren't moving out of their giant homes, it's pretty interesting. We got a real estate guy who thinks he has a solution, and it may have to do with the layout of smaller homes and apartments. Uh, We'll do that when we come back on Drive Time. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.